Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly. Mike, why don't you tell us about it? About Let the Bird Fly? Yeah. It's a podcast. About what, Mike? Living freely. <laughs> Mike. In where? No, you, In a world okay, given back you to want, us. You turned the tables on me. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to mess with Mike because uh, like he should be opening. and uh, All right, we, You made me feel dumb and I was trying to make you feel dumb. So it turns out again. We're bo- turns out we're both dumb. My my Luther. All right. Um, we are here in the podcast studio today to continue our winging it series on the life of Luther. Um, if you haven't listened to any yet, that's understandable. There's only a few out so far. Um, this is winging it session forty-seven on the life of Luther. Now you might wonder how could you fi- spend forty-seven sessions on the life of Luther? Well. We're getting close to his death. It's only about 16 years away at this point as we're still hanging around 1530 uh, Germany. Micah, you ever listen to a Stuff You Should Know podcast? Yeah. Yeah. You know how they sometimes do the Wayback Machine? Jason, have you ever heard this before? I think I have, yeah. We should do a Wayback Machine. Okay, ready? Okay. We're getting in the the Wayback Machine. Walk, 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 walk. All right, we're in. We're back. How, what is the sound? <laughs> oh, we're in the 1600s, or we're not sure where we're at. We're stepping out, and uh, huh, this seems to be a, a flat bit of ground area here on some sort of river. Um, it looks like white sand. Jason, you want to guess where we're at? Are we in Wittenberg? We are in Wittenberg, and we are uh, going to be kind of getting vibes from from Wittenberg to talk about what is a Lutheran confession. So we talked about the Augsburg Confession, which was in Augsburg, uh, what is now Germany. Um, But when we talk about the Lutheran confessions, there's no one place you can say they are are, uh, situated. We're going to have two that are related to Augsburg. We'll have one uh, called Schmalkald, or the Schmalkald Articles, um, which will be... uh, with the town of village of Schmalkald in mind, which is where the Schmalkaldic League we've talked about also gets his name. But what in general <clears throat> is a Lutheran confession? If you are a Lutheran, um, you've heard the Lutheran confessions mes- men- mentioned at some point probably, um, maybe in passing, or you've maybe heard it like this. Someone talked about your church and said it is a confessional Lutheran church. Um, <clears throat> if you're a non-Lutheran, uh, you might have heard some Lutherans sometimes talk about confessions and been a little confused by uh, by what we mean. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Michael, as the preeminent voice in this room, um, we uh, I'll get, I'm going to give you a little plug, Mike. We had our Provost Day 2 uh, today, and that's part of how uh, Jason and Mike and I are able to all be together. And Provost Day is usually just like a, a two-day festival. It's, it's like carnival, kind of, um, but with bureaucratic. Um, Instead of fun, there's meetings. Right. And upon we talk meetings, about upon meetings. rules and uh, pensions. Instead of letting loose, we talk about the law. Right. Uh, but necessary law. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think we try hard to follow most of them here in the theology department at Wisconsin Lutheran College. and uh, But during Provost Day, after the provost of the college has, has publicly said he's a fan of uh, my friend Michael's book, um, the president of the college even mentions uh, one of our colleagues' books on vocation, which was clearly a reference to 
to you, Michael. And uh, so this book must be good. I, I, and, uh, I was not there, so I'm going to take your word for it. Right. Uh, There's a lot of buzz about it. Uh, a yeah. Buzz, huh? The room was. A buzz? It was. Yes. Uh, it was. <laughs> I mean, just the energy was palpable. Yeah. Yep. I think it came right after Title IX talk and stuff. It was. Uh, I think wedge between that and, and campus shooter drills. Yeah. Which stuff is like exciting that, so. stuff. Well, in real life, it would be. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But the necessary stuff we have to do to keep students safe and um, make sure we uh, are above board um, in all we do. Uh, this book is get it, Mike, it's getting mentioned to me a lot lately. You're getting a lot of praise about that, among other things, mm-hmm. um, which makes me proud. Yeah. It, I, Jason's new, but you look proud. I'm proud, yes. I, um, I'm and so. Uh, why don't you just quick remind our listeners, winging it, we usually don't mention this. Yeah, great. But since it's on my mind, why don't you go ahead and tell uh, our listeners where they can get your book or yeah, little, fif- whatever they should know. Well, 1517.org uh, is a podcast network, but it's really more than a podcast network, isn't it? They have blogs. They have published how many of your books, Wade? Three or four? Um, They've done three. You know three. how many of those have been mentioned by the provost or president, by the way? Well, I don't know if uh, you did. Flash has got a shout out yesterday but not your book on flashes yeah no he, he was calling me a lyricist that's right he was he was making the reference to flashes friend of the show and you and two-time guest so ken journey so you got a shout out too but the problem was i was the only one that and and jason was the only other one that knew what was going on <laughs> um but so they 15 17 you can go you can get it in the bookstore there or what's the other place people can get books although you're supporting um Perhaps, you know, the coming yeah. global corporate tyranny dystopia. You can find it at Amazon. Which right. yesterday we talked about transhumanism and, you know, having all of our memories uploaded to, to something and, and we could live on forever and we wouldn't have to have icky children. or. You know, I can't of, even wrap my head around this. You know why, Michael? Hmm. I'm still back in 1530. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you guys have mentioned some stuff I don't even understand. There was there, Yeah, but there was apocalyptic kind of, you know, so you can just imagine that I'm, I'm being mystical here. I thought the only question about transhumanism is not, I mean, it's not if it's going to happen. Of course it's going to happen. Um, the only question is... It's not going to be an inappropriate joke, is no, it? No. The only question is who gets the, you know, uh, who gets the contract, Google or Amazon, right. <laughs> to upload everybody's... That would have been yes. funny. You should have said that. I thought, it, but I thought about it, but, you know, it was, it was pretty serious. It was very good. Yeah. Very good presentation on what a human being is. And, and he did mention... Uh, Illyricus, yep, yes. he did. But not my books. No, not your but books. But by Mike, Mike's book, uh, I hear it's very good. Very, it's very, very good. It's even very well. It's very um, well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Mike. You're back in 1530. Started. Yep, 1530. 1529, by the way, is just some dates. That's uh, small, large and small catechism. 1530 is the... Uh, you're, ru- uh, you're kind of ruining what I was doing. Okay, and the Diet of... Okay, sorry. Okay. Diet of Augsburg. So... Small large catechism are done. There's this Augsburg Confession. But you know what they're not yet in 1530? Lutheran Confessions. Lutheran Confessions. Um, they're going to be documents that exist. But, uh, Mike, when we say Lutheran Confessions, or or Jason, if you want, you might. this might be a Jason question, right? Um, what what makes a Lutheran, when, do we, when does the Lutheran Church have Lutheran Confessions? What's going to bring that about? Uh, <coughs> I think... The thing that uh, sets it apart is when uh, people begin to recognize this as a document that says this accurately reflects what we believe, what we teach, 
and uh, that doesn't happen necessarily right away or immediately. And um, we kind of, you know, ultimately point to 1580 with the Book of Concord being uh, assembled and published as a whole, where those are uh, officially recognized as a group. But some of them you could maybe point to a little bit earlier having that type of status. Yeah, and so uh, Jason mentioned 1580, Book of Concord. Um, Michael and Jason both have in front of them different translations of the Book of Concord, uh, which contains the Lutheran Confessions. And um, uh, the uh, Kolb Wengert has translation of the German and the Latin. I think um, Reader's Edition varies by um, what they use in each each uh, confession. And incidentally, it will also include, usually is going to include the three ecumenical creeds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a little bit audacious, but the Lutherans are saying we add ourselves to this history. It's not, not saying it's the, on the level of the, the Apostles or Nicene Creed, but saying this is a confession for the whole church. This is what the Bible says. This is not a, this is not a um, declaration of independence. Yeah. yeah, and so we have, Mike has his open, um, this Book of Concord, which is going to be then the three ecumenical creeds and six what we call the Lutheran Confessions. We'll save, I think, um, until we get after Luther's death to do too much on confessionalization, that a lot of right confessions are going to be produced in this time. But now we got the Book of Concord here. Um, someone's uh, thinking of becoming a Lutheran, and they see on your desk your Bible and your Book of Concord, right? Um, they probably have a hymnal. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, if they were to ask you, what is, what is that Book of Concord? Or um, they hear reference the Lutheran confessions and they, they say, what do you, we just follow scripture, right? How would you explain to someone coming into the Lutheran church or someone who's been maybe a lifelong Lutheran and not heard ab- about it much, um, what in your office uh, was the purpose and the place of the, the Lutheran confessions? Why, um, why do we have this? Anything along those lines? How would you explain it? I think, as always, it depends on where that person's coming from, if there's a little bit of a... Uh, we do deeds, not creeds kind of attitude. I would, I would begin with this, that it is, it's very natural for people to confess what they believe. Take the religion out of it. This is, this is if, you, if you explained why you're an American, if you explained why you are a Democrat or whatever, you may, be a, you may appeal to other documents, but you're summarizing that and, and saying, and, and putting a line in the sand, no matter what you do. So this is a natural thing. And then uh, Christ kind of hints at this, you know, um, if you um, acknowledge me before men, I acknowledge you before God. I sometimes say, if you confess me right before men, I will confess you before the Father. Now that I'm playing with the language a little bit, but we are called to proclaim. We are called to say, this is where we stand. We are called to also call out people who we believe have erred on the, uh, gone against what scripture says. So if, if you are, unless you are going to just simply read the Bible and all your answers, you are in a way confessing. This is just solidifying that. And and by the way, and and then I'll be done. I appreciate when people are like, geez, all these confessions, I, we should have not a lot of confessions, more statements of faith. They are, they can be very problematic because they tend to be about a specific issue at a specific time in a specific place. And they may be 
useful or necessary in certain circumstances. Um, but when we talk about the great Christological controversies of the early church or the era of the Reformation, those are special circumstances that I think called for more full uh, confessional statements. Fair enough? Yeah, So, and I think that hits a hard part on what, why, why Lutheran confessions. Uh, Jason, how would you explain then? So Mike's kind of explained why Lutherans are confessional. Um, what comes to mind if, if uh, someone thinking of joining your church, so a, a new person to Lutheranism, if they simply said, what is the Book of Concord? What is that book you have there? Yeah, and um, usually when I was going through uh, the, the course that we would use uh, for adult instruction would mention the Lutheran confessions in one of the, one of the lessons, and that gave, gave me an opportunity to, to talk to them a little bit about what that was. And, and I think, too, you know, where Mike was saying, you know, that um, idea of confessing is very much what Christians are about, but, you know, to say, well, I believe what the Bible teaches, but you can have five or six different people point to the same passage and all mean something different. And uh, same is true of churches. And here we can say, you know, you want to know what we're about here. You want to know what we believe and teach here. Um, the Lutheran church from the very beginning has done a good job of putting that down in black and white and saying, this is what we believe the Bible says. This is what we believe the Bible teaches. This is what we are obligating ourselves then to hold to and teach. And we encourage you to compare what you see here, compare what you hear us preach and teach, and, com and take that, match it up with Scripture. And, and if, if there's a difference, let us know. And if we don't change, we're in big trouble. But we would say this book, not only is it an accurate uh, record of what we teach as a church, but we also teach this because it matches up with what the Bible says. And we hold to it because it matches up with what the Bible says. Yeah, and so if we were going to throw out, you know, um, seminary terms, right, as you were mentioning, we would mention uh, norma normans, right, and norma normata, the ultimate source, the source for, for teach biblical teaching and practices, the scriptures. Um, that's the, the, the measure against everything else is weighed. But a measure that the Lutheran Church would hold has held up and shown itself to be true and a, a good way of explicating the faith. <clears throat> the normed norm or measured measure then would be these Lutheran um, confessions. Uh, I'll throw it to you guys, and, and, and it, depending on what comes to mind, um, we, we can go wherever. Maybe we should do one more Latin, quia and quotanus. Okay, yeah. Um, well, why don't we save that until we get, we'll mention the six. So put it down so I don't forget, but... The other question uh, related with that, um, let, let's take first, um, what, uh, what to you um, stands out uh, about each particular confession? I think maybe we can, if we walk through, and then, and then why. Um, and if I can just briefly break down the confessions then, we have the two catechisms, small and large, just differentiated. Um, if you guessed it, you're right, by their size, their length. Um, then we'll have an order, and Mike, hopefully you can correct me here on timeline if I get anything wrong, would be the Augsburg Confession, which will be 1530. Mm -hmm. um, that Melanchthon, who was the main author of the Augsburg Confession, 
will then write a defense of the Augsburg Confession, which is um, in response to a document that was presented at the Diet of Augsburg of the Confutation. That, I think, the normally assigned year for um, the Apology is, is 31, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, next, uh, Luther has several times before he actually dies where he appears to be perhaps near death, or his, his health seems poor. Um, and ever since um, the Diet of Worms, there's been this talk of having a church council. And in case the church council were to appear and Luther wouldn't be in good enough health to really help them prepare for it, um, he, that's a large part of the reason, at least. Luther will write the Schmal called Articles, which, 1537? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then finally, <clears throat> after Luther's death, which is in 46. Oh, we got the treatise, too. On premise? Yeah, did um, you do that one yet? Oh, that usually gets attached with. Um, with the Schmal called yeah, Articles, with, but it's kind of, yeah. It, it is a separate thing, yep. so yeah, I should. Um, which that will be when we get to 37, we definitely have to have an episode on that and Melanchthon and how he signs it, because I think that'd be an interesting one to do. Um, and then finally, after Luther's death, you have these debates that break out when Charles V has invaded, um, and you have this re-Catholicizing effort taking place in Germany. Um, from then, which is, you know, 1547 through 51, you know, is going to be um, the kind of tumultuous years until the emperor will get kicked out and uh, Magdeburg has right, saved everybody. <laughs> but um, these debates, they're going to rage for tw uh, 25 years or so, a quarter of a century. And uh, so the, there's going to be um, this final set of documents or articles, statements, um, the formula of Concord, which will be the sixth. Uh, Mike or Jason, why don't you pick a Lutheran confession and, and share with me, if you were going to briefly describe it for someone, um, how do you, what do you, what do you view as its strength, um, when maybe wouldn't you recommend it as a starting point, or would you, stuff like that? Um, I guess I'll start uh, at the beginning um, with the, the uh, and I'll, I'll pick small catechism, I guess, just because that's one that's probably the most people are most familiar with just because it gets used oftentimes and rightly so for um, instructing the youth. And uh, I think it's the, the length of it lends itself to um, kids being able to grasp that or, or, or people having a first acquaintance with, with things. And um, Luther, Luther just does some, I think, uh, a masterful job of capturing some of those key concepts in you know really short uh phrases words um but at the same time you know you're not going to get as in-depth with some of the things uh in that uh confession so you know if you're if you're really looking to to dig deep that's probably not the one that you want to go to but uh as a beginner uh first acquaintance that's probably a real real good one um I'm going to, I'll quick jump in and take large catechism, and then I'm going to throw Augsburg Confession and Apology to you, Mike, because I know you were already talking a little bit about Apology last time. I think if we were to, to take next chronologically, then the, the large catechism, uh, we use the large catechism here at WLC in Theology 110, Intro to Theology. Um, it's more originally intended for pastors and teachers especially, um, people who would be teaching the catechism. Um, but we use it in class, and we found it to be a great vehicle 
for just a, a more thorough explanation of the elements of the uh, the, the those um, the statements that make up the small catechism. So students who have known the small catechism, we know that for sure, perhaps been Christian for a while, maybe their whole lives, this is the next step. Yeah, yeah and I think, um, I would rec- I really think it should be an annual read for pastors, um, and probably Christian day school teachers as well. Um, Luther provides some really good examples. Uh, you know, I would, I would, the, one of the words I would use to describe these first two confessions, and, and this is probably something else you can go off on, Mike, is, is devotional, right? Not all of the six Lutheran confessions are merely just like academic theological statements. Um, these first two really, I would say, are also, um, as, as well as pedagogical, or the, as well as teaching, they are uh, devotional. And I, I, I said pedagogical instead of catechetical on purpose, um, because really an important part of catechesis involves devotion, right? But um, I'll, from there, we can go to another confession or any thoughts you have on, on the devotional aspect. Yeah, I think we'll often say pray the catechism, which doesn't, that's kind of a, what do you mean by that, right? Um, in a similar way, we may say pray the Psalms, right? The active, this is your prayer. Um, and, and I think what we're after here is a large part of prayer. And I would say the primary focus of prayer is that God's teaching you, right? You are taking God's promises and shoving them in his face, as it were, as Luther has said. But who really benefits? It's not like God forgot what he promised, but you're, benefit, you're benefiting in that relationship between what God has said to you is solidified and, you, and, and then the trust and, okay, this is what you said, you promised, I'm going to take you at your word. That's, that's probably finally what prayer is all about. And so you're right, catechism, especially a small catechism, is it's short for prayers, right? right. I mean, large catechism, um, maybe not so much just because it's a little bit longer. I, I, I'll just admit that the large catechism is my least favorite of all the confessions. Really? <laughs> And I think he gets wordy at places, and then he is, it's almost like if he ran, he ran out of steam, and then there's like, oh, yes, and then there's some stuff about communion, <laughs> which is unfair. But I, I, I um, maybe it's because I like the brevity of the small catechism. Um, I, I think when I read Luther, I, I prefer him in the style of uh, the small called which is a little bit more polemical yeah. and in your face. See, I have a theory about this now. Okay. Um, this just, large catechism is kind of, if the small catechism were like Mr. Jones or <laughs> um, Long December, oh, right? Because this is, uh, it, large catechism is kind of like a live Counting Crows version of the small, or even may I say a, a Dave Matthews band. Uh-huh. Where you kind of go and you know what they'll do, you know, um, round here, uh-huh. which is a classic in my view. Um, Mike is not a fan of Counting Crows, but I think this is a great example. You know how, like, if you see round, see them and they sing round here live, it's twice as long. Uh huh. And maybe that's why I like the large catechism and, and you don't. Uh-huh. Well, you don't dislike it as your least. I, you know, I what my least favorite would be if you're putting me on the spot. I think apo- the apology. It, also wordy. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I do appreciate uh, maybe, I was going to say Augsburg Confession. I, I like the formula because it has, it has more in its rearview mirror, right? So it's, gonna, it's going to be a little bit fuller when it comes to um, the uh, 
further away Reformation, the more what we call evangelicals today. But the writing, I actually appreciate. I actually appreciate Melanchthon the, and uh, his writing. So I actually don't. I would. I. The apology gets a little wordy, but you know, I, I do like Melanchthon's writing. I was just reminded of something because you said Fuller, and I wasn't sure. I was thinking, is it more full or full? And I'm like, oh, that could be a wrong pronunciation. Um, can you do me a favor? I noticed something when I was producing. Can you say my name? Wade Johnston. Okay. Whenever you're on here, you know what you say. I picked up on. Huh. Wade Johnson. No, I say Johnston. No, my heart sank listening to this. Thought this is my friend. He's um, taking the cross out of my name. I, but, even, but know, what you I said, even know that your middle name's Robert. Well, thank you. What's my middle name? Uh, Scott. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not. Arthur? Jason, what's your middle name? Dale. Dale. Jason. Where'd that come from? <laughs> came from came from my grandfather. That sounds like actually. a suburb, Jason Dale. <laughs> yeah. I live in Jason Dale, Illinois. <laughs> Jason Dale, Oakland. Yeah. You, have, you have like your both your names are places. Yes. Yeah. Uh, All right, Wade, Robert, Johnston. Um, I well, let's. So we already talked about the Augsburg right. Confession before, but just as 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 we're comparing these, this is definitely a um, presentation of our doctrine. Point A, point B, point C. But I would say it turns out to be actually a great catechetical tool because it has a logic behind it and they're short statements and so if you wanted to bring if a pastor was looking for a, a fresh way to bring in somebody into into their church who was maybe familiar with christianity uh and and maybe the small catechism would be fine but if they're let, let's say they're a little bit a little bit more sophisticated well-read I mean, you could go through the augsburg confession yeah right i mean that could be a way to uh, because it flows that way. So in, in a sense, that is catechetical in ways that the other following confessions are not. Yeah. The, uh, so anyways, all that's been going through my mind now is <laughs> this Jason Dale, right? <laughs> so imagine if Jason Dale were a suburb. Here's the game I want to play just briefly. Right. It's got two of three department stores, Walmart, Target, Meyer, which... Uh, which two do you think would be in Jasondale? And then which one do you think would be like kind of outside town a little? Oh, I think Walmart would be outside of town. Yeah, don't you think? Totally yeah. think it'd be. Right. I think Jasondale would be classy enough. To I be think there would Target. be some. There would be enough people with old money from Jasondale who would say, <laughs> um, you know, if you're going to be in this, you're going to have to right. have like the nice brick, whatever. Yep. And it's going to be yep. in a yeah. Okay. Yeah. Quick trip, Speedway or Sitco? Uh, quick trip in town. <laughs> which one's on the edge? Um, Speedway, Sitco's not even allowed. <laughs> okay, so I, this might actually be a recurring yes. thing, but I like I, this. Mike is nailing it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say. I, <laughs> here's, a, here's a question. Are they big enough for a minor league baseball team? Ooh. I, I almost I'm think they wouldn't no. want the outsiders I'm going to say no. To I'm watch the no. game. Yeah. I think it is a little bit. It's not like. But you know what they do have? They have a turf football field for, at the high school. Mm -hmm. this, is not, it's not, this is not gross point. It's sophisticated. Right. No, I I think it's like a almost a whitefish bay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> sidewalks or no sidewalks? <laughs> um, sidewalks in the fake downtown. The old that, fake like, downtown. Right, that they've yep. now. Yep. In the, with, the, but, uh, with, with, co with cobblestone accent, though, probably. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but no sidewalks in the neighborhood streets. <laughs> okay. Most, most common dog, Golden Shepherd, I'd say. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, what's what's the what's uh, in 2020? 
one, what is the top uh, top boy's name uh, that gave birth in Jason Dale Hospital? Um, probably what would Co- be a good combination name. Like Cooper. But you said two, like this year. Yep, this year. So it's not the future. I was going to combine. Yeah. Um, Cooper's a good one. Uh, I'm going to say maybe like a Braden. Braden. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you think there'd be a strong pull toward. Toward Jason, Jason, though. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've gotten off a little. I heard that the founder of Jason Dale, <laughs> they almost changed the name of Jason Dale because it turned out he got like canceled like 80 years later for some, <laughs> some crazy said something thing. something bad about <laughs> about <laughs> about Swedes or something. Yeah, yeah. No, we well, love uh, we love the Swedes. Yeah. What is what is the eth- <laughs> ethnic background? What are the demographic demographics of Jason Dale? <laughs> I would say about. Um, well, I think clearly it's like 98% white, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but I'm going to say... Like 0.01% Pacific very, Islander. Like 2% Polish. Okay. And they they have rock gold. <laughs> 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 I'm going to say someone even makes of German and Irish as the main... Okay. With some Norwegians um, thrown in there. But... Uh, the Swedes are, are still nervous because of that whole incident 80 years earlier. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, there actually is a very strong <coughs> Latvian po- uh, oh. population there who happen to be Lutheran. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you knew that. And they, uh, Yeah, I believe they, uh, they so went independent for a little while. Right, there's four Lutheran churches, and the smallest <laughs> one is, has Latvian roots. I mean, you wouldn't know it. <laughs> you wouldn't know it, but... Okay. <laughs> Well, they Americanized their names, even though they came over as a pretty large community. Yes. Because from its beginnings, Jason Dell was patriotic. <laughs> oh yeah. But they uh, they don't allow fireworks within the city limits because people's pets <laughs> do not <laughs> that, like. That them. is a new. That's in the last five years. Which you know what the most common way to refer to a pet in Jason Dell is? Hmm. It's fur baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, we need to focus <coughs> so that we at least have some decent content here. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, I'd like to talk about the Schmalkald articles and the power and primacy of the Pope. I, I what's always bothered me about the Schmalkald articles is like, sh- sh- I, we're going to call it Schmalkald or Schmalkald. I'm That's just our, laughing about what the best <laughs> pizza place in Jasonville would be. Do you think I, that? Well, I'd go a small cult, by the way. But a small cult. What do they say in Jasonville? What what good is their accent in, in Jasonville? It's very midwestern. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <coughs> The way they number it is is troubling to me. Small I mean, those, yeah, no. it bothers me a little bit. But I appreciate it because uh, Luther is is feisty in it, and you can tell that this is this is besides the catechisms. This is the only place that Luther actually write writes something mm-hmm. other than being quoted. And so uh, you can tell. I would say the Augsburg and Small Call are tied to events more so than the other ones are, mm-hmm. right? And a specific histories leading up to this event of the 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 diet at Augsburg, which is going to be a little bit of a showdown, right? I mean, something's got to give here. Um, and then Schmalkald is, uh, you know, around the formation of this defensive league. Um, you know, the the die has been cast, so to speak, and we'll get to that when we get to um, later in the 1530s in that decade in our in our series here. But uh, what do we, and then the power and primacy of the Pope, which is written by Melanchthon, um, 
appreciate it too. I mean, yeah. I appreciate Melanchthon's very clear way of saying, okay, this let's just we're going to put this to bed right now, right? Um, and so that one is is one where it's okay. We're going to flesh out not just a bunch of issues, but one in particular, but very important issue and and things surrounding it. So um, these two are the ones, and and sometimes they're thought of as together, right? Historically. Um, are the ones I think that get short shrift a little bit that I think uh, would be a neat study if you had, if you were a pastor and you had a, a good group of, of people, faithful people in some Bible class somewhere and you wanted to uh, mix it up a little bit. I, the history behind these two I think would be fun. What, uh, I'm talking about what like, with the, the um, Wells Church. Okay, so they're in a Bible class. Right. I'm thinking about well-educated people such right. as in Jason Dale. No, I agree. <laughs> so this, that, this is my question is, mm-hmm. So they're they're at the hypothetical church. That's not it's not hypothetical hypothetical anymore. It's in Jasonville. Mm-hmm. What would the let's just say synodical conference type church, Wells Missouri name type mm-hmm. church? What uh, what would be the name of the? Well, there's two. You know, there's two. Well, you gotta have one. If, yeah, every synod has a church in Jasonville. But like, um, <laughs> pick like what's the the marquee one? Like the most well known one. Well, there's gonna be an elder, an older one that's gonna be Saint something. Yep. But then the I'm the, gonna say uh, the younger Saint 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 John's okay or Paul's Saint Charles th- yeah could be I'm gonna go with Saint Matthew I think Jason Dell wanted to be a little different a little bit different yeah. now they but were the, but there's a couple churches broke off from this I'm and, they, and that one's not different and that one is Shepherd of the whatever oh yeah and the Catholic Church by the way is you have Saint Margaret's and then you have Our Lady of the whatever hills or pavement or pools cobblestone cobblestone yeah. that she's like our lady of cobblestone and good shepherds of the cobblestone and then there's going to be the the methodist church which was an offshoot of one of the lutheran churches that then like tricked a bunch of germans who were coming that didn't know better that they were like lutherans <laughs> that's going to be uh so this is in michigan I'm yeah and that's going to okay. be first jason dale first jason first dale, jason dale methodist, methodist church <laughs> there's probably an abiding something yeah. too okay can I so, yes. add uh, a thought with the small call articles? Oh, I guess um, we want to talk about that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, you see Luther's feisty character there. I mean, I think part of that is he's fully expecting this is going to be his last opportunity to, to yeah. give testimony to what he believed, what he taught. And, and I think you notice that he's perhaps a little bit prophetic in the sense that he anticipates the some of those challenges that are going to come up after his death. I mean, he, uh, by the end of his life, was such a force of personality. No one's going to dare mm-hmm. take a stand against him. But uh, And that he, knew, knowing that his opponents would um, attack him and say, no, he didn't teach that, he didn't teach this, um, he's coming out you know, no holds barred here and, uh, laying it on the line and, and, uh, and lo and behold, those things that he was kind of anticipating that ends up happening after he dies, but not for another several years. Yeah. So. And I think, you know, that makes, it's a very good point and it makes, it makes it interesting with the small collar goals too, that they would be that mix as Mike was hitting on of very much bold confession of what he thought was particularly important and what he didn't want caving on. Um, but many of these things then become um, devotional at the same time, right? As what he's dealing with, sin, law, the gospel, baptism, sacrament of the altar, keys, confession, right? They deal with church life, right? It's, it's, it also gets to what is 
how are these things lived out together? Formula of Concord, um, and I don't say this to scare anyone away, but I would say in my view, so this is the last one, um, you know, fifteen seventy-seven. This is written by a committee. Um, Two-thirds of the, the, the German Protestants are going to uh, adopt it. A generation later, I mean, we're talking 100 years, for, almost 100 years from Luther's, Luther's uh, birth. So, yeah. so because in a lot of the debates that had broken out, both within uh, intra-Lutheran, um, but also um, with the Reformed, especially, think uh, Calvinists. we got to do one on Calvin at some point. Um, these debates sometimes, um, they were not trifling. They were about very important things, but they could be technical, if that, if that makes sense. Um, these are the longest and most complicated which is why uh, you most book of, book of, books of Concord have what's called um, the Epitome, which is a, a shorter version of it, and then the Thorough or Solid Declaration, because the Epitome kind of served as like a, here's in more layman's terms for people. Um, but even that Epitome is not easy reading, not that it's uh, translated poorly or written poorly, but there's going to be some concepts you're going to want to have your head around um, for instance, it's the formula that's going to really deal with election in a way that if you don't understand some of the, the concepts behind election or predestination, it can be difficult. So my my advice, and you guys can, can disagree if you want to, is that I don't think anyone should make this anything other than the sixth of the su- six Lutheran confessions that they read. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate it because it has more in the rearview mirror, mm-hmm. right? Um, which so in a sense it's fuller. Um, it doesn't have it that it, it it's passionate, but it lacks the passion of the Schmalkald articles. Um, the urge it lacks the urgency of the Augsburg Confession. It lacks the devotional character of the of the catechisms. At the same time, it's all of them because it it is carrying on the heritage of those that that went before. I mean, there's a gap of about right. forty years between. And that's where I would say. Uh, what do you think, Mike? That skipping ahead to the formula is almost it's not just that maybe you're getting in the deep end too soon but um just from a, a, your own faith and growing in your faith the earlier concepts are so important that if you jump to the formula and then go back you're maybe not getting the yeah i mean read them in order you know i mean really read them in order i think <coughs> if, you, if you're thinking about in those terms um, you know, if you want, if you want, okay, just tell me what Lutherans want. I don't want to read all, all of them. Well, I think you probably do Augsburg. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe somebody who's a little bit more, okay, I'm struggling between the reform and the Lutheran. Okay. Maybe you would give them the, the formula. Um, but yeah, I mean, Augsburg from that, that point of view would probably be the best. Yeah. I mean, if you could only have two, right. Um, I think my two would be small catechism and then Augsburg. Yeah, I I go Augsburg and still formula. I I think it, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's the just to just to offer one other combination. Maybe I I would keep the formula because I think that um, fuller concept and and recognizing the the attacks and challenges that come from both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's important to have, but just to be different, I'll say the large catechism mm. because. 
you'd have the more systematic approach still with the formula, but you could distill that um, a little bit more on your on your own to to break it down to the younger levels if you wanted. But uh, you wouldn't probably have as much handy memory work. So we are getting close to the end. So I got a couple of questions. Like what? Jason Dale's high school. What's their mascot? Uh, Jayhawks. Jayhawks. Oh, that's a good one. And what's on what's on their like what's on their their sign or their water tower? Like what's their you know like a better place to live or something? Yeah, like that, you know? I got two great ones. Uh, my uh, my my brother and sister all live in Wanakee, and their theme is it's the only Wanakee in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and then this town Cottonwoods, their theme was it ain't far to Cottonwood. Like their claim to fame is we're buy stuff. <laughs> I'm going to say, because someone yesterday um, I heard say, um, kindness doesn't cost a thing. I'm going to say that Jason Dale's water tower says, kindness comes free, and the free um, is an American flag. The E, the, okay. the E-E, yeah. especially. Wow. Very nice. So you're already working on branding yeah. for Jason Dale. Very nice. Is there... Is there something that you would branding like you would put on the magnet that you sell or the postcard? You know, like I would a, assume probably the building uh, or um, the the big clock on the courthouse in the um, yeah. the faux downtown. Yeah, the courthouse just like was the tower built like in the '90s when Jason Dell really started to to take off as a bedroom <laughs> community, and uh, that um, it was made to look like a 1920s. Gotcha. I would say that. Um, okay. Two things, Mike. Mm-hmm. Jason. Um, we say in the Wisconsin Synod, we say we're a confessional Lutheran church body. All of our parishes that we served probably at some point, um, someone there explained it as a confessional Lutheran church. Um, when we say confessional Lutheran, now we've talked about why we have confessions and why we are confessional, but just short answer form. A, first, this is largely in America, that this is going to be something you hear a lot. Um, but when someone says confessional Lutheran, what is, what just what should under, someone understand by that? I think historically it's, it's that we have a relationship, which we should describe what kind of relationship And that was my second question. You can go with, there if you want to with, go there. With this confession. I would expand it, and I'll let you go back to that, that, that point. Uh, expand it to... There is a confessional movement throughout Christianity today coming out of, let's say, you know, the whole worship wars, um, um, you know, liberal, conservative, church growth kind of Christianity has, you know, uh, from the outside, does it seem like Christianity is trying to make their message seem as corny, as cheap and shallow as possible? So... There is a movement towards the confessions of your denomination. So in a broader sense, you could find somebody who is reformed, who is saying, I really dig the Westminster, whatever. Or calls themselves a confessional Presbyterian. Confessional Presbyterian. And that's true. I would say every denomination, I would say it's true of every religious, maybe you never philosophically, that's the time we live in right now. But when we mean Lutheran confessions, we're talking about a specific thing. So, and, and maybe to compare those terms, to compare two terms, 
Um, often, a confessional Lutheran church would also say they're an Orthodox Lutheran church. <clears throat> right, Orthodox, which means right praise, comes to mean we teach it properly as it was meant to be taught. I would say the difference between someone they're saying they're an Orthodox Presbyterian, Orthodox Lutheran, confessional, confessional, is that confessional includes orthodoxy. It's assuming that you're going to be orthodox because you hold to write these confessions of this denomination. Sorry, Jason, anything you had on that? Yeah, I think that um, that value of, you know, the the roots of, of the church body and um, wanting to hold to that and still valuing that, I think that's an important thing. And were you saying you wanted me to touch on the subscription? Then? Yeah, Is that, like yeah. If, I, if, I'm, if I've signed up for a subscription... <laughs> to Concordia Lutheran Confessions uh, monthly. What are my options? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are really two options to uh, to subscribe. You can have the uh, Quia package or the Quatanus. <laughs> Which one's more expensive? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, the one that is more more costly is Quia, uh, <laughs> uh, and <clears throat> the reason being, uh, and, and this is why I would say too, when you talk about um, you know the confessional Lutheran church uh, saying we value these documents still, right? And, and quia is a Latin word that means because, and quatanus is a Latin word that means insofar as, right? And uh, the, the quia subscription, which is the subscription that, that, that we hold to. And insist upon from our pastors. Yes, yes. and insist upon uh, is we say that we... Uh, hold to these confessions because quia, they are a correct uh, exposition, explanation of what scripture teaches. Um, and churches that take a different approach that, that say this is a quatanus subscription and insofar as subscription, uh, to say we, we hold to the confessions insofar as they teach what scripture teaches really isn't much of a subscription at all because now it's completely up to you to decide, well, is this part teaching what scripture teaches or not? And the implication is we disagree upon what scripture says. Yes. Right. So we insist upon that. And and I think it's, I think people get a little angry at that and be like, oh, geez, why why do you have to jump through all these hoops and stuff? But we do this in everyday life, right? I mean, we say you got... If you're going to work her here, you, there's a bare minimum of what we have to do and believe and whatever. If you're going to come to this school, if you're going to be a part of this. So it's, it's, I don't think it's, I, I like to do that when people kind of attack certain practices in the church and, and I'm not defending the church for just for the sake of defending the church, but to say what we, what from the outside, you, you maybe raise your eyebrow at the church. We do actually in everyday life, just it's, it's in a different context and, and, and with, with something more at stake, right? So anyway, we're out of time. Wait, you give me that. You give me the <laughs> so final joke and then we're good. There's, there's this situation that I was thinking about the Lutheran churches and there's this interesting situation among the, uh, the Lutheran churches in Jasondale. It's one of the, the few towns still to have um, a church affiliated with the anti-Missourian brethren. Um, there's also a CLC church and a Protestant conference. Oh, wow. Church. This is really a... Very diverse. All which are named some version of Gethsemane, Garden of Sorrows, um, you know, these, these trials. And uh, because these churches um, do not have much of a relationship with the other Lutheran churches in, um, in town and the ministerial conference, um, 
they get together to have an outside the fellowship, not church picnic. Just everybody happens to be there <laughs> on a certain day. And during that, um, the most famous event is the uh, the dog races, the uh, orthodox hunt mm-hmm. <laughs> dog races. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we should not forget about the Episcopalians where... <laughs> Jeez, and God, he likes it. <laughs> I, I got it. Uh, Think about how many steps my mind had to yep, go through to were, get there that were, I just was not focusing on. Right, you did not even... We you missed the last 10 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> uh, you should not forget about the Episcopalians. They're a very small group, but all... All thirty of the mayors of Jason Dale's <laughs> <laughs> Jason Dale's history have come from there. That's good. Yeah. Have come from there. Yes. Okay. All right. We got to wrap it up here. So we hope that you enjoyed our uh, session here on what a Lutheran confession is. Did you hear about the and the, the current mayor of Jason Dale? And Jason Dale got a go ahead, go ahead. got in trouble. He uh, he almost got DUI. The uh, and they pulled him over and. Uh, he wasn't sober enough. Uh huh. Because he uh, had imbibed. Uh huh. And uh, they still consider that the worst scandal in the history in Jason of Jason Dale history. Yeah. history. The yeah. guy blew like a, a point oh two. Uh-huh. Ooh, that's uh, yeah. Ooh, that's enough. Was there a little tension there because all the cops are Irish and Catholic and the. The mayor and the council. No, these are very Episcopal. assimilated Irish okay, and, yeah, okay. and German. Okay. I didn't know that. I was like fourth generation, like Kennedys. Okay. There's a little bootlegging in the history, but yeah. still, still blue laws, though. I'm sure on the books. Yeah. Yeah. What is it on, in Minnesota? Like three two or something? No, not anymore. That is well, gone. That but you're right. Yeah, Sundays couldn't yeah. couldn't buy only three two beer. Yeah, yeah you that can't. Was it. You can't buy beer on Sunday in Jasondale. No. 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 Not at all. Okay. All right. We're going to wrap it up here. Um, thanks for listening to us on uh, the headline was Jason Dale. And then we did a little bit of talk about Lutheran confessions. We hope you enjoyed it and coming back for uh, hopefully our 48th session of this winging it series on the life and thought of Martin Luther until then, dear friends live free in a world given back to you. Get me down.